Welcome to The Lead, a podcast about how to get ahead in the news industry from the people who did. I'm Kira Posey. On today's episode of The Lead, I'm talking to Max Blau. Max is an investigative reporter covering healthcare, public health, and the environment for ProPublica's South Unit. His reporting has won several awards, and he's written for local and national publications such as The Atlanta Magazine, New York Times, and The Atlantic, just to name a few. Today, we talk about his thoughts on journalists' role in keeping corporations accountable, his approach to interviewing, and about the importance of keeping up with your mental health during the reporting process. But first, here's a word from our sponsor. This episode is produced by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership at the University of Georgia's Grady College. To learn more, go to grady.uga.edu slash Cox Institute. Now, here's the lead. Max, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. How are you? I'm doing great. It's, and it's uh, great to be here. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. And I'm so excited to talk to you because you've written truly impressive investigative and narrative stories, and your work has been featured in many publications, including The Atlantic, NPR, and Vox, just to name a few, because I know there are many, and you've also won several awards. You now work for ProPublica's South Unit as an investigative reporter, but I wanna take it back to the beginning. So what inspired you to first become a journalist? So I didn't go to undergrad thinking I would be a journalist. Um, I, I studied sociology and economics. Um, and at some point in time, like like my work in sociology, you know, I, I realized I didn't want to, I didn't know what I was going to do with that. I, it was in the middle of the uh, Great Recession. And um, I didn't necessarily want to go back to school at that point and to study more, like, like, more about sociology. And so as I started looking around for like, what could potentially be something I could do that was similar that allowed me to like, study people's interactions with the way systems in society worked, I, um, journalism was something that started to appear as a, as an, I'm not even gonna say an option. I, I it was like, it was, it was a, it was a, format that I could like convey and express thoughts around the topics I was interested in. And um, when I graduated college, I didn't have a, a journalism job lined up. Um, I had applied for like internships um, at various magazines and uh, most of the time did not hear back or um, did not have anything in college that, uh, you know, when I graduated college, I, I had a a blog that, that I just kind of used to write for myself. And then I had a, a couple of clips from the uh, my, my student newspaper uh, at Emory uh, University. And so I had some, uh, my, the job that I did at, at coming out of college was, you know, this job that I really did not like. It, it was a, uh, a job at a public uh, relations firm where I was doing like writing social media copy and pitching journalists like about um, C-list like franchise restaurants, like not anything that, you know, like Captain D's or like Wing Zone or like, like, like kind of these, these like less than like marquee brands that I was like writing in the voice of the brand on Twitter. And it was really, you know, soul sucking. And, but it also like helped me 
um, learn how to write in different styles and how to understand the way like newspapers and media worked from pitching people. And I did that for about a year and then I, um, I quit and I, I had gotten a, a, an internship at a paste magazine, um, which, um, had, was no longer a print magazine at that time that had just gone out of print, but they were shifting to become more of an online publication. And that's that's where things started. Yeah, yeah. And since then, you've gone on to investigate people, corporations, and government agencies. And these stories are truly remarkable. Um, one of my favorite of your investiga investigative stories is um, when you investigated a giant energy company that was planning to avoid cleanup costs uh, for coal ash that led to toxins in drinking water and the environment. Um, so when you're starting off an investigative piece like this, like where do you find these stories and what's your strategy for learning more? So I, I've been uh, in a, a journalist for about 10 years now, and there's sort of two main ways I come at stories. There, there is like, I am experiencing or I hear about something from an individual person or a community that reaches out to me where they there's something go, going on that is, uh, they believe is wrong or harmful or that I see as, as wrong or harmful. And then I try to figure out why is this thing allowed to happen? And then the other way is kind of a more of a top-down approach where there's like a, you have a, like a data point or a, a finding or like that's in a document that, um, you know, when something bad happens or, or that, that, that is like not, that, that then leads me to talk to people who are being harmed by a certain corporation. Um, I, I typically at this point cover... Um, the South, which, you know, over my career, I've, I've kind of defined as like a, if you drew a, a triangle from Miami to Virginia to Texas, like somewhere in there, I, I'm, I'm telling a story and I typically focus on um, very broadly defined uh, what I consider healthcare, public health and the environment. Um, but, you know, as COVID has taught us, like, um, healthcare can be so many different things that are not just like happening inside a hospital wall. It is health disparities in a community, or it can be like almost anything. So, so um, I'm sort of like within those broad topics, like more recently, I'm really just interested in like the intersection of um, industry and its impacts on people's health and their livelihood. Um and so I'm kind of looking throughout the region. Um, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm in my car driving across it from city to city. Sometimes I'm just chatting with folks on the phone, but trying to find stories that um, are, you know, tell the story of how communities are being harmed by uh, individual business people or corporations. Yeah, yeah. And on that note, like, what do you think journalists' role should be in holding corporations accountable and also public officials accountable? I think it, our job is to, um, I mean, more generally, the job is to like to present facts and findings that help the public um, understand what's happening in their community or, or to, to understand the forces that are shaping their world. And from there, I think journalists, investigative journalists are, you know, have a particular focus on finding like a, like a, a wrong or a harm that's happening and, and, and understanding why that's happening. Um, 
for me, you know, I think a lot of my investigations, like, you know, there are certain kinds of stories that I, I gravitate towards. I tend to focus on, you know, the, for instance, like, like, what involved reading these stories in the past, the, the, the stories about like, um, I think when you're able to connect people to like the actual practice or harm that's happening, um, you know, it the, the stories tend to resonate more with communities where people being harmed are are living as well as as opposed to like something like a con like a it could be a conflict of interest or a violation that is like abstract or not really connected to someone's life that may be like a violation of a law but is hard for people to understand how that's touching their lives. So um, I kind of, the way I practice investigative journalism is, um, is like marrying narrative uh, storytelling with investigative findings and accountability journalism. And I think in that role, I'm trying to help people understand how these forces, whether they recognize them or not, are having you know are causing harm or 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 injustice in their communities yeah yeah you've also interviewed a lot of people who come from very different backgrounds and you've written about you know many many deeply personal stories so what is your general approach to interviewing and how does your approach maybe change from people who do not have a lot of media exposure to people who are public officials or who work at corporations who do have more media exposure um, when I'm talking with with individuals who have not had a lot of media exposure, I, I try to um, to practice a degree of what I would call like radical transparency, and also to operate with a like a like a like. And this is true of I think ProPublica in general. We have a policy of no surprises for anyone we chat with. So, um, you know, I think my goal is to help people that I'm chatting with if I'm going to feature them in a story to understand and to be a participant in the process of, of like writing their own story with me. I am the one physically typing it into a document and, and taking notes in the interview, but I want them to understand and to be engaged at the terms that they, that they feel comfortable with. So if I'm chatting with someone about um, the reasons why they're writing a story about like someone who died from an opioid overdose, I want, the person to understand why I'm asking them for their loved one's medical records um, or the, or getting documents that help me better tell that story. Um, because when you don't do that, it can sometimes, I think, feel confusing or invasive um, at worst. And, and um, I think also by when you're working with people who've never had interactions on this level with with a reporter before, I think it also helps them gain a better understanding of how media works instead of see, like what they see on TV. And, 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 and um, in that case, like I have found, you know, that's this like radical transparency to be, uh, you know, so I'll, I'll tell people like, you know, every time I'm, I'm finishing up a conversation, I'll ask them like, you know, do you have any questions for me? Does everything I'm asking you make sense? Are you okay with this? And also encourage them like to call my cell phone, whatever, even if they, like there there is something that came up um, or they have a concern two hours later or two days later, 
Um, and we can have that conversation about like um, a specific question I asked if it, if, they, if it rubbed them the wrong way or if there's a detail in us that they don't feel like is not relevant to the story and they have concerns about, um, we can have that conversation. Um, because what I, what I want is at the end of the day, I want people that I chat with to read the story and feel like they were, um, that the, the, their fullest self was seen and captured in that story in a way that uh, reflects their reality as opposed to them, um, because that's ultimately the goal is as a journalist is to write their truth in in the in in a full and nuanced light. And if I if I don't achieve that in my work, I feel like I haven't done my job to the best of my ability. To the second part, when you when with corporations, um, I generally operate um, with a I. I Corporations have professional spokespeople um, and they have executives and uh, who are media savvy, who know how to operate within the rules of journalism, whether you're going on the record or off the record or on background. And I have um, I, I want to distinguish like, like the way I treat people who have never been interviewed before and corporations is still with a no surprises policy and with a sense of fairness and hoping and trying to get their the corporation side if they did something wrong uh, as well but I in in that in that sense like I know like a politician or or an executive can they can they can they know the rules of how journalism works and um, they are at liberty to share as much as they want with me. A lot of times they don't, or they have like pre statements that they don't always answer questions. And it's often a, um, a different sort of calculus in that kind of interview. So like you were saying, you talk to people who have been harmed by corporations or another institute, or maybe they're just telling you a personal story because of another topic that you're working on in your work. And in these conversations, people share deeply personal stories that are sometimes about their lived trauma. So in these cases, how do you mentally rejuvenate from emotionally taxing interviews? And, you know, do you encounter this need at all in your work? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the, like, to be a journalist is to, like, carry the weight of other people's trauma, like, like with them in that process of storytelling. So, like, I am, as I'm trying to understand like the depths of how someone is being harmed or experiencing a loss, um, I'm trying to get to know that as deeply as possible. And I think as journalists, like when you bring your your full self to reporting, you are, you know, inevitably like like if you're talking with someone who, you know, lost a loved one to cancer and you have someone in your family who has had cancer or died from cancer. Um, it's hard, like it's impossible to disentangle those two things, like you as a person. And I think like it really like any, you know, anyone who sort of practices like this, like self detachment um, of like, you know, being an impartial person who like is trying to divorce himself and their lived experiences from their journalism is, um, I don't agree with that approach or I don't think that I, I don't think anyone can actually do that. And so um, 
so when I'm, when I'm have so of course, like when you are chatting with someone, you know, the reason why I am a healthcare reporter is because I had people in my family who struggled with addiction and, um, and in some cases, uh, died from, 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 uh, alcohol or drug related illnesses. And, um, being a reporter, you know, early on was a way for me to understand the systems that shaped like why family members of mine weren't around or weren't, uh, aren't alive anymore. And, um, even if I'm not reporting about myself or writing essays, like I can't not come to like an opioid story or a story about addiction more broadly without that background. And so, I mean, a lot of, I mean, there are specific tools and ways I, I cope with that. Um, for many, you know, um, having a good therapist is one, um, having, um, having ways to not like f- having a healthy and an ability to at times unplug from that work is important. Um, having people who you can chat with about this outside of a therapy room, uh, is also good, but, um, and like just more generally self-care. Like I, I, when I, when I'm coming off of like a really tough interview, I, um, try to do like, for me, like a one, one thing I do is like, I just go, like I go on really long bike rides and like, that's a way to like process and also to kind of not think about or stare at my notes from that interview. And, and then I can come back to that later and, um, get back to the process of uh, writing or reporting around that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that, Max. That's, it's a really important topic that is close to my heart. And I I always, I don't know, I like to have conversations about how reporters deal with that because I think a lot, especially in journalism school, there's an emphasis on you know the grind, telling the story, like getting these important background stories from people to tell a fuller story as you do. So, so, but there's also, like you said, like there's, you can't separate the person from like their reporting. So thank you. And I think also if like you don't take care of yourself, like, you, you may be able to get by with that in the short term, like on one story or two stories, but over time, like that catches up with, with you. I mean, like, like there are things that, um, you know, like, like I, I, there, there are certain things like, like that you can't unsee that will shape your, your world and who you are in the course of reporting that are, um, going to challenge like you as an individual and your full being. And and so like, I think like early on in my career, like I, I thought of like, I can just kind of grind through a lot of like reporting from like extremely serious story to the next one. And over time, like you learn that even if you think you can do that in the short term, it will catch up with you at some point unless you take care of yourself and kind of find healthy and um, healthy and, and, specific ways of processing that um, everything that you hear in interviews or see in documents, um, you know, whatever those documents might be. Yeah, 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 thank you. I have one last question for you and I, I wanna know about your advice for early career journalists. So do you have any advice um, and can you share any words of wisdom um, based on your experience? I think um, this is going to sound a little bit cliche, but I'll, but you know, I, I think just like find, find, find and run to stories that really fascinate you or that you love. And you'll do your best work when you're doing those kinds of stories, like agnostic of publication, like don't, 
try to write for large publications just because you think that's where you need to be. Write the stories that are most compelling to you, even if they're at small publications. The, the, the best... Um, the best thing I could have done as a journalist is worked at, at you know, or my first writing job um, was at uh, an all-weekly uh, creative loafing in Atlanta. And the time that I spent there, the, almost three three years there, um, allowed me to work on stories that I cared about and helped me change the way that I report on Atlanta and, and the rest of the South. And it really shaped who I was as a journalist in a way that... Um, would not have happened if I went just like straight to CNN as like a researcher or something like that, or, or, or a position that did not allow me to develop in the way that I, I wanted to and hoped to early in my career. Um, so I think, you know, a lot of like what I reported on early on was in, in my ability to do healthcare and report and addiction reporting um, came out of having the opportunities to do so at smaller publications. And I think um, resist the urge to like work in large places until you feel like it's the best. Um, those places can support your work in the way that you're you're trying to uh, be as a journalist. Yeah, thank you, Max, for that, your advice and every other one of your insightful responses. I know that our audience has a lot to learn from your work and, and your insights. So I want to thank you again for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to Max for joining us on this episode. I'm your host, Kira Posey. Our producer is Dr. Keith Herndon, the executive director of the Cox Institute. To keep up with the lead and hear more from media leaders, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. We're at The Lead Podcast. See you next time.